Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 265 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. And congratulations for reading consistently. We are just 100 days away from finishing reading the Bible. My hope is that you will continue your Bible reading journey when we finish this one. Let us pray. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for sending your son to die for us so that we may be saved for you. Help us receive your love today as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in John chapter 19. A crown of thorns and a purple cloak is put upon Jesus. He was made fun of and hit by the soldiers. He took every beating for us. Then Pilate brought Jesus in front of all the people and told them he found no fault in him. We know there was no fault in him, and here we see it spoken publicly. But the chief priests and guards called out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Again, Pilate did not want to be the one to condemn Jesus. He was even more disheartened when the people told him he claimed to be the Son of God. In fact, verse 8 says he was awestricken and afraid. So he questioned Jesus again and asked him who he really was and where he was from. When Jesus answered him, Pilate really wanted to release him, but the people yelled, If you release this man, you are no friend to Caesar. He finally gave in and made the decision for Jesus to be crucified. Pilate inscribed a title on the cross that said, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. I love this rendition of the crucifixion because Jesus continues to lead and to serve while he is suffering on the cross. He makes sure his mother is taken care of by John in verses 26 and 27. And then we read that Jesus died. He said, it is finished. His life was given for you and for me. Let us be reverently grateful he was willing to die to save us. Lastly, we read about Joseph of Arimathea caring for Jesus' body. I love reading about this because it reminds me that God cares about every detail of our lives and has everything worked out in advance. May we be patient and wait and watch for God to work out every detail. We start a new book in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians. This letter is an earlier letter by Paul. He had gone to Thessalonica for three weeks and taught in the Jewish synagogue. He left there when there became great opposition as he spoke about Jesus. There was tremendous persecution at the time, so Paul encourages this church because they were so courageous even during this difficult time. In verses 6 and 8, Paul writes, And you set yourselves to become imitators of us and of the Lord himself, for you welcomed our message in spite of much persecution with joy, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Everywhere the report has gone forth of your faith in God, of your leaning of your whole personality on him in complete trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. But amidst the persecution, more and more people became believers. The possibility of imprisonment and death was real. Yet the new Christians found joy, joy inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can grant us joy inside of the difficult, the dreary, and the dreadful. Our circumstances may not change, but our hearts will change through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Thessalonians show us their faith as they trusted in God's power, no matter what happened. We benefit when we read about their strong faith. They also knew that God's wisdom never fails. Lastly, they knew God was good. He is good all the time. Another theme of this book is that the people looked forward to Jesus coming back again. 
Let us look forward to the coming of Christ and ready ourselves for his return. Well, let's see what Isaiah is prophesying in chapter 39. Yesterday, we read that Hezekiah was given another 15 years to live. However, in reading this chapter, we wonder if those 15 years were fruitful. He was afraid of the Assyrians. So when the Babylonians came to him with gifts and honor because he had recovered from his illness, Hezekiah acted foolishly. He showed these men all over his palace and all the places where he had great wealth stored up. Babylon was a small superpower at the time, and their gifts and honor blinded him. His wisdom faltered here. Sometimes we find ourselves in similar situations when someone we think is out of our league shows interest in us, and then we want to impress them. This is foolish pride. Isaiah asked him how much of his wealth he shared with these men, and Hezekiah was honest when he told Isaiah that he'd shown them everything. Isaiah prophesied that Babylon would one day have it all and that his sons would be taken captive. Babylon did come and take it some 100 years later. Daniel was taken captive and was a direct descendant of King Hezekiah, so Isaiah's prophecy came true. We start a new section, which is the last section in Isaiah today. These chapters are referred to as the Messianic chapters, which we see here in chapter 40. Isaiah calls for comfort for God's people. They have been punished, but now their sins are forgiven and they are made clean. In verse 3, we read about the voice crying in the wilderness, which we know refers to John the Baptist, preparing God's people to receive his son. Verse 5 says, the glory, majesty, and splendor for the Lord shall be revealed. Yes, the glory of God is shown through his son. Isaiah writes about God's glory, and he writes about man's frailty. He writes about this glorious message of God being shouted on the mountaintops. It is heard by everyone. Imagine this message reaching as far and wide as it has over the years, so far that it has reached even us. Verse 11 prophesies, He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm. He will carry them in his bosom and will gently lead those that have their young. We know our great shepherd, and he carries us. We can be thankful for God's care over us today. Isaiah goes on to write about God's greatness. Yes, our God is mighty and majestic. He compares God's majesty to the nations and idols, which are insignificant in comparison. May we keep our eyes on the kingdom above far more than we look to the world. Then Isaiah shows us how God strengthens us. Verse 29 tells us God gives power to the faint tired, and strength to the weak. Verse 31 is one of my favorites in the Bible and says, But those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in him shall change and renew their strength and power. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God as eagles mount up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. This is a promise we can hold on to every day of our lives. This is also a note card worthy verse that we should carry with us every day of our lives. May God keep us waiting on him and him alone. Well, let's see what we can learn in Psalm 84. This psalm is a psalm of the sons of Korah, who are from the Levite tribe, and they were involved in the music ministry during the reign of David. This psalm is written with a deep longing to be in the house of the Lord and worship him. There may have been a reason he hadn't been in God's house for some time, but we don't know what it is. We can imagine what he must have felt, the same feeling we may have had during the lockdowns that occurred in 2020. Verse 10 is one of my favorites and says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell at ease in the tents of wickedness. We have studied the job of a doorkeeper before. 
The doorkeeper had to tend to the entrance of the house of God or at the gate in every kind of weather. He was the one in charge of keeping people out who shouldn't be there, an officer of sorts who had to fight off enemies of the church. It would have been a dangerous and often uncomfortable position. However, our psalmist would rather tend to the gate than live with the wicked, even if it was an easy life, certainly easier than the doorkeeper. He writes, the Lord is a sun and a shield. On cold and windy days, the Lord kept him warm, even if it was just warm in his heart. On dangerous days, God was his shield. And he writes, the Lord withholds no good thing from the righteous. And finally, he writes, we are blessed when we trust and look confidently to the Lord. Let's hold on to all the promises this psalmist writes about in this psalm. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for loving us so much that you sent your only son as a sacrifice for our sins. Thank you for drawing us closer to you, Lord. Keep our hearts seeking after you. Keep our eyes on you, Lord, and not the world, and increase our belief and trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.